Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest, a lady by the name of Angela Lay, and she's a seasoned writer who takes great joy in the writing of fairy tales for preteens. She incorporates her life lessons and values into her book. Over the years, she has worked to help people find self-acceptance and learn the power of forgiveness gratitude and curiosity, which can open up lives to magic, which is very important. We need magic in every day in our life. She is an expert in how playfulness opens your heart and makes you makes your life better. Welcome, <laughs> Angela. Thank you, Dr. Leica. <laughs> Ah, I love that smile and that laugh. Ladies and gentlemen, we we're just talking about how our internets drive us crazy. And every day we have to laugh at them because uh, every time we do a podcast or a radio show, it's like doing a moonshot. And there's so many things that can go wrong. They always do go wrong, but we're always able to gerrymand them and get through them with no problems. So it's it's an interesting life. <laughs> and that's where I say curiosity comes in, because if we look at our computer problems and we say, why is this happening to me? There is no possible answer that is productive. But if we use other questions such as, hmm, I wonder what I can do to get around this, then that opens our mind to the possibility of another method. And so curiosity plays a real big role in our ability to navigate technology. Well, my five-year-old grandson taught me a lot on how to get through every bit of technology. And that you click on everything and press on everything. Because usually you can resolve almost any issue by clicking on it. And, you know, and as a little boy, he's always pushing or prodding or doing something, trying to make things happen. He likes to push a button just to see what's going to happen. It's the same thing with the internet. If you push it, click it, it's going to happen. And something's going to, it might be not be good, but you will get something happening that you then get fixed. And children are such a great example of the power of curiosity. What your grandson is doing is exploring and being curious. What happens when I push that? What happens when I push that? And there's no, uh, no amount of, I might mess it up if I do this, just allowing them themselves, children, to explore. And that's something that we as adults kind of forget to do. <laughs> exactly. And, and we forget the, the art of playfulness, yeah. you know. 
I, we're always too busy working. We're always too busy doing something. We're always too busy trying to succeed. We forget that having a little bit of play in our everyday is a very important thing. It really is. And my fiance put a swing on our, our back porch for me so that every day I can go outside and swing. One of the things that I do with clients is I will um, do a guided meditation that takes them back to their childhood. And I ask them to remember something that brought them great joy in their childhood. And then I talk them through reliving that in the now moment for just a few minutes to tap into that sense of freedom and joy from childhood. And for me, being on a swing was like, oh, this really feels free and it brings a smile to my face and it makes me feel joyful. And so now every day, snow or not, <laughs> I go outside and will swing on my swing. Well, I can see how that gives you so much joy. I mean, I look at my grandchildren and how they love to swing. I I mean, that's one of the greatest things they do. They feel like they're flying. They can feel like they're going to touch the sky. They feel like they can do so much. And it's just so much fun for them. And they love you to push them higher and higher and higher. And and they just love that thing. Yeah. And... You know, when you think about when you were a child and and you had learned how to ride a bike and how the bike brought you a sense of freedom, or maybe it was roller skates because you were able to go places <laughs> that perhaps you couldn't, you know, without the wheeled transportation. And I remember being a kid and my bicycle was something that allowed me to go to my friend's house, to meet people at the park and, you know, just to explore and find ways to create play. Yeah, I I think my first bike was an independence machine. It allowed me to go places that I couldn't otherwise. It allowed me to go through my, my own neighborhood, which was really fun. I could explore things and do things. And so that was really something that I couldn't do until I got that first bike. It and you could really, go fast. You could go you know, fast. The wind in your hair and the wind in your face. And it's a joyful feeling. Yeah, that's true. Those little things are, are things that we, we need to remember and we need to imagine. I think many adults still do that. They love to run. They love to go on bicycles because it's fun for them. Absolutely. And adults do incorporate play. And at the same time, much adult play is what I call structured play. So there's rules and there's roles in games or in sports that, you know, you have this role, you must play by these rules and there's little room for creativity. And that's something that unstructured play, the kind of play where little kids will make a tower of blocks or imagine 
that they are a mother cooking dinner for, for their doll family or, you know, just this creative imaginary play is what's lost in adulthood. And I don't know if you've ever read the book Play um, by Dr. Stuart Brown, but it is so eye-opening how much value there is to that creative play that it opens our own creativity. And so if you're a business owner and you want your employees to be more creative, introduce unstructured play and allow them to play. <laughs> and, you know, it could just be a lunchtime. It doesn't have to be a, a big deal, but just let them get out and play and you will find that their creativity will blossom. I think that's rather important. And I think creativity uh, comes out of areas that we don't think, you know, you can't force yourself to be creative. You can't force yourself <laughs> to do something that you not regard. It's got to come spontaneously. When I first started writing, I read about, you know, okay, so how do good writers do what they do? And there were all these instructions about, you know, sit down and write every day, no matter what, for a certain number of hours. And it doesn't matter if you feel like writing or not. Just do this because it's important for you to, to get in the habit of writing. Well, my creativity doesn't work that way. <laughs> and so what I found is some days I might sit down and write for four hours straight. And some weeks I didn't write at all. And it just when the story is building and needs to get out on paper, that's when I sit down and write now. Yeah, I find it's interesting for myself. I tend to write early in the morning. Mm. That's when my muse seems to be there. Other parts of the day, I can't write. I can't write in the evening or on other day. Early in the morning seems to be when my best time for writing is. And I'm sure everybody has their own creative time when they do. Some people are late night people, right. night owls, and they write, you know, from 11 till 2 in the morning, and that's their best time. <laughs> well, I agree with you in that morning for me is an ideal time. Um, just the, the quiet aspect of a morning um, allows for that introspection, allows for that creativity to rise. Yeah, I think that's very important. I think people need to realize that creativity comes out of those quiet moments. It comes out of the time when you allow your brain just literally to leap forward. Now, there is, I've always found two aspects to writing. One is to write and then the other aspect is to rewrite or edit. And, <laughs> and they're totally different aspects. Indeed. In fact, I am blessed. My fiance is my editor, and he has the ability to, um, he calls himself a mismatcher. So he will find all the little tiny editorial mistakes that when I look at it, 
I don't see them because I'm focusing on the story, not on the grammatical errors or the um, punctuation, <laughs> you know, is a dot in the right place. It's lost on me, but he notices. And so he's a brilliant editor for that. But I always revisit my books before they go to editing. And it's just, have I tied up all the loose ends? Have I, did I really bring an understanding of this concept um, that children can embrace? Yeah. And so sometimes I'll just rewrite the whole chapter. There's different ways to edit. One is for punctuation. One is for grammar. Then the other one is for content where you take the whole global view of each part of the, of the book and making sure that it meets the end that you wanted to. And that's a whole different set of processes for editing than the other processes we talked about. It's a whole different way of looking at it. And quite often, if you have a long book, that's a hard one to do because mm -hmm. you lose yourself in each of the elements that you've tried to put together towards the goal. Indeed. And, and I believe it's important for more than one set of eyes to be looking at the book. And so I had, at the beginning, I had three different editors two content editors who helped me really frame the story in a way that was truly deliverable to children. Um, because in a way I'm bringing some, some high concepts um, of emotional intelligence to kids. And it has to be understandable when they read it, they have to be able to relate to it. And so um, those content editors were very helpful in, you know, little notes like, is this really how you want to say this? <laughs> you, you had some very good editors. I find editors are of two types. One is the type that tries to bring out the best in your words. And the second type is the one that's the old teacher marm that finds problems in everything you do and takes out a red pen and literally tries to destroy everything, cross off every word and rewrite it the way they wanted to write it. Mm, yeah, that is a, um, so I have both. <laughs> and each one serves their purpose. Um, my fiance took some articles I wrote and recently um, you know, he has been telling me that copywriters per say that we are supposed to use you when we're writing to a group so that they see themselves in it. And I believe that when we say you, we're pointing a finger <laughs> at somebody. And so I say, we, we do this. We do not, you do this. We do this. And so I had everything written out in, well, you know, sometimes we just end up, you know, being triggered by other people's behavior and, and he changed it all to you. <laughs> it's like, nope, that's not the energy I wanted this in. <laughs> That's right. Now tell me a little bit more 
about your books called the Bella Santini Chronicles mm. and, and what you're doing with them. And maybe you can give us some examples from your books so people can fall in love with them like I <laughs> Well, um, I was so blessed. I know that you wrote a book with Jack Canfield. And my fiance, Dr. Richard Kay, is very connected with all kinds of people. And he wrote to Jack Canfield, and I got a, an endorsement for book two, which is called Bella Santini in the Troll War. And obviously it's a book about war, <laughs> but Jack Canfield understood that what I was doing is teaching that love is the answer. And so his endorsement is that anyone who reads the Bella Santini Chronicles will walk away knowing love is the answer to every question, which is a beautiful endorsement because it is truly speaking to the heart of, of what I'm trying to teach children is that conflict and emotional triggers and reactivity are things that we can manage and we can use love to create change. That, that, that is a real important concept there. And, and it's very hard. It's very hard to come across, but it's also so important to get it into the age group that you are doing it <laughs> during the formative uh, years. Can you imagine if Putin had read my fairy tale? <laughs> we might have be, be having a different outcome. We might um, have a different. Uh, we might have a different story there, and it might be yeah. a better story. One of the things that the books um, really teach is the idea that when we are triggered by someone's behavior, it is revealing energy in ourselves that is reactive to that behavior or else we wouldn't be triggered and frequently that energy is related to something someone said or did to us in our childhood and we had emotions about that that were repressed or pushed away rejected and we cannot ever get away from our emotions, no matter how hard we try, that energy stays with us. And that is why we are reactive to other people's words, actions, behaviors. Oh, that's, that's important. Now, your other books deal with a couple of other topics, which are very important. Child abandonment, bullying, uh, yeah, so, the rivalry um, and good versus evil. Let's talk about the bullying for a minute because uh, it's a very important topic right now. So, um, hurt people hurt people, and often, um, you know, I responded to a LinkedIn post just today about someone had posted about Putin and his actions. And what I said is um, bullies are hurt. They are people who carry emotional wounding. 
and they lash out. Sometimes it's self-hatred that is behind the lashing out. And sometimes it's just the need for control or the need for recognition. And what I said in my comment on LinkedIn is when we look at a situation like in the Ukraine and we send love to Putin and to the Ukraine, we are giving the opportunity for each side of that conflict to choose love. But when we sit in judgment and we point fingers and we say, he's doing this, we are actually adding energy into the conflict and holding him in this space where he's stuck in that space. And it's, it's hard for people to really embrace this idea, this concept that we need to love both sides. <laughs> um, but I do believe that this is the way Jesus would have talked about this. I think that's important. And I think bullying uh, does come out when people have been bullied in their life. I, I don't Absolutely. think there's any, or they've been abused or they've been harmed where there's been something that really has affected them badly. I'm always amazed at the people that have been treated badly in their life and they've overcome it to a greater glory rather than uh, resorting to the same thing that they were taught. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, my, my history is... Um, I'd say that I was bullied for the first 54 years of my life. And I don't say that to point a finger or to blame anyone. I understand that this, all of this that I went through brought me to the, this place of understanding and without the input that I received as a child or as an adult, I could not understand these things that I do now. And that's, that's the thing I find uh, about life experiences. Bad experiences are difficult experiences can help you become a better person mm. as a result of you having gone through them. Without those, you wouldn't be able to empathize for those and be able to help them to grow. Yeah. And it is when we can look at people through the eyes of love and when we can see them not as that, that bully, not as an injured soul, but when we can say somewhere in there is a spark of love and I choose to see that part of that person that then opens up 
a whole new way of communicating with this person. I, um, I, my little short bio <laughs> that you read doesn't talk about what happened in my adult life. So I was in a marriage that was very toxic and I played a role and so did he. And a wildfire in California destroyed our house. In, that was in 2017. I lost everything. And so did he. I mean, it wasn't just me. I, I say my kids lost their family childhood home. You know, that's a, a huge thing for them. And it also was the event that caused me to question why am I staying in this marriage that isn't serving me? What is my motivation here? <laughs> and at what point am I causing more trouble by staying than by leaving? And my motivation was to, you know, he was a hurt child and, um, didn't realize, but his tactics were very bullying. And at the time I was trying to help him see um, his inner wounding and, and trying to help him find ways to shift out of that paradigm. Now I understand that it's his choice to do that. It's not my role to try and make him do that. And by me taking that role, I was adding to our conflict. And so by leaving as much as it hurt both of us, it was the best gift I could give because that opened up space for him to be him as well as for me to be me. Angela, that's, that's really important and really beautiful. You know, our time has really flown by together already. And this show is called How to Live a Fantastic Life. So I'm going to ask you how you, Angela Lay, live a fantastic life. Oh, gosh. Um, gratitude is huge being in the present moment because so much of my life I was caught up in um, not wanting to be where I was at that moment and thinking about what the future could possibly bring me. But being in the present moment, having gratitude and accepting what comes, that's how I live just a wonderful life. Fantastic. Angela, how can people get a copy of your books? Or how can they find out a little bit more about you? So my website, Angela Lee, L-E-G-H dot com. So it's A-N-G-E-L-L-E-G-H dot com. Um, has links to the books. It's under the Bella Santini Chronicles. Thank you, Angela. Thank you so much for giving your time for us today and sharing such wonderful wisdom. 
thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share this. Well, it's my pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope to talk to you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Oh, 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 oh